Good morning. I'm Audra Kunzman. I'm one of the elders here at Christ Community Church. Our reading today is from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly the two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning and stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women, because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Great historical figures are primarily known for one thing. Not that they didn't do other things, but that's what they're known for. Think of the name Copernicus. What do you think of? You think of the reorientation of our world as it relates to the solar system. The sun, the center of our universe rather than the earth. Or when you think of Abraham Lincoln, what might come to mind? The Emancipation Proclamation. Freedom of slaves. When you think of Churchill, what might come to mind? What comes to mind for me is one word, courage. Jesus Christ was a historical figure. When we celebrate the resurrection, we celebrate a historical event. Jesus Christ as a figure in history is that, but he's more than that. He's more than any other historical figure. However, whether you believe or not, it's likely that if I were to say, what is Jesus Christ known for in history, your response would be the cross and the resurrection. That's what he's known for and much more. One of the distinctive differences of Jesus Christ is he didn't appear in time and space as if it was the first time in his existence. When it relates to history and Jesus Christ, we might say that Jesus Christ is the center of history and he's the author of history. In other words, at the beginning, when the world was created, he was with God creating the world, co-creator with God the Father and God the Spirit. 
Colossians tells us more about Jesus. We begin to understand that it was more than just a creator who died for our sins. It was a creator who died for our sins, but also is the current sustainer of all reality. In him, all things hold together. Implication, without him, everything falls apart. Christ is the center of history. But there's one more thing about Jesus Christ that's different than other people in terms of the center of history. That defining point of his death, burial, and resurrection bespeaks a reality concerning his here and now presence and his future consummation of all things. Yes, the resurrection is historical, but it's bigger than that. It's the center of all history. So what does the resurrection mean today? Right here, right now, four bedrock truths concerning the resurrection that I'd like to call your attention to. The first bedrock truth concerning the resurrection is this. Very simply, death is not final. Death is not final. Because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, death is potentially the beginning of life. Paul, understanding this, put it in these words. He said concerning death, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He has conquered death on behalf of us. But that doesn't mean that after his resurrection, We are given a promise to live in some sort of ethereal existence. It actually means that when Christ conquered death, through his resurrection, we too will be raised. We too will have resurrected, glorified bodies. First bedrock truth, the resurrection states that death is not final. But you know there's even more to that statement? The resurrection itself, as beautiful as it is, it's not just for us. It's not just about us. The resurrection is about all things. When Jesus pronounced the end of death, that pronouncement was something else for the future. It was that because of his resurrection, all things, everything will one day be made new. Not just our resurrected bodies, but the earth itself that now groans under the weight of sin 
and evil and war and atrocities that are unspeakable, that earth will be resurrected. Eventually, because of the resurrection, he will make everything new. Second bedrock truth, life has meaning. Life has meaning because of the resurrection. History is more than a cycle of human events, a cycle of despair. It has a telos, it has an end, it has a goal. Life has meaning. Life is meaningless without God. Now you may say to yourself, that's a rather odd statement. Because I know people who actually seem to have a very meaningful existence who don't believe in God. I know people who are very good who don't believe in God. And I agree with you. But my statement is something else. The reason that life has no meaning without God is because the deepest meaning of life is eternal life. What is it that we fight against in the scientific realm? The healing of the body to extend life. What is it that intuitively all of us push back against? We push back against death. We push back against non-existence. The reality of the meaning of life is lodged in eternity, not just here and now. And that's why Christ and his resurrection brings the ultimate meaning to the word life itself. Third, absolutely bedrock truth. Your sins are forgiven. Because of the crucifixion and the resurrection, your sins are forgiven. You know that everyone in the world longs for forgiveness. We all long for it because we know we're sinners, because we know we need forgiveness. And the resurrection pronounces to those who believe you are forgiven. Or to put it in the words of the epistle John, for those who confess their sins, he is faithful and just to forgive them their sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. In the words of Paul, through one man, sin entered the world. Through another man, forgiveness and life come. Our longing for forgiveness is complete in Jesus Christ. The fourth bedrock truth of the resurrection, you can have a relationship with God. One of the most stunning events in the history of the crucifixion and resurrection was recorded in the Gospels. By the way, none of the gospel authors saw it happen. 
So my curiosity runs and wonders, where did the report come from? Was it a priest? Was it a high priest? Was it a person in the temple? Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross and pronounced it is finished, the veil of the temple was ripped from top to bottom. An impossible task if you understand the thickness of that veil. No human hands did it. God did it. This week as I reflected on that reality that we have access to God the Father as if he is our Father, it occurred to me that for years, for years and years, the image of the veil from top to bottom is right before us. Because of Christ, the veil that separates us from God is completely open through the blood of Christ on the cross and his resurrection. What a beautiful thought. You can have a relationship with God. You can call God your father. But there's one other part of that resurrection that relationship with God that I want to emphasize. In the words of Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, here's what it means for today. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open, may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength. That power for us who believe is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Our relationship with God gives us, us, tiny, weak creatures, the very power of Christ's resurrection within us. Let me hasten to add something. I don't understand that. But I believe it. I don't understand how the real power of Christ, the same power that raised him from the dead, is alive in my heart. I can talk about it. I can speculate. I can give you hints of it. But I don't understand its depth. But it is real. Those four foundational truths concerning the resurrection and the cross of Jesus Christ. What, what happens when you believe it? If you believe what I just described, what happens? What difference does it make? 
it's possible, I hope it's not true, but it's possible that it could turn into pride. It's possible that it could turn into us condemning others. It's possible that it could be pure judgment on our world. But that's exactly the opposite of what it ought to do in our lives. If we understand the grace of Jesus Christ demonstrated in the cross and the resurrection, it should do nothing but give us awe and wonder and produce in us humility that Christ died for us. What a wonderful message to share with our world. Every year we return to Good Friday and remember forgiveness. Every year we return to Easter and we remember life. What a beautiful thing it is to be adopted as a child of God. Final question. Do you believe it? You, you, maybe you've just heard it and, and you've yet to turn that corner to say yes. I believe it. I receive it. You're my Lord. I can think of no better day than today to make that declaration. If you'd like to talk to someone about how that happens or Maybe in the singing of the Hallelujah Chorus, you say yes. Please tell someone. Final question. Did you believe it long ago? Do you still really believe it in your mind? But yet the pressure of life has all but snuffed out the belief in your heart. Believe it again. Hear it again. Experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, which is for you and the whole world. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we thank you for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If it were not for your resurrection, as the Apostle Paul said, we would be, of all people, most miserable. We'd be fools. We would be without hope. We would speak in platitudes that made no sense at all. But as Paul reminds us, Christ has been raised. And so all that has changed. Now we know that life has meaning in a new kind of way. Now we know that death is not final. Now we know that we have been forgiven. Now we know that the real power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ can be in our hearts by faith. So help us, Lord, for some to believe for the first time, for others to believe again and experience the power of that resurrection. In the name of Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank <clears throat> you.